Welcome to the Intentional House Podcast. Here, it's all about creating beautiful homes that actually help families love better. Here's your host, the home coach herself, Carly Thornock. Hey homies, it's Carly. I'm so glad that you're here. This is the official podcast of Intentional House, where we champion making our houses physical representations of ourselves and our family members. The more you, the better. We are all about increasing the you-ness. And that, you guys, is what character is. Character, this seemingly intangible feature that we all want in our homes, is, is evidence of people and story and history. So the more you you have in your house, the more your people are manifested physically in your home, the more you're going to feel like your house has personality, your house has character. The more you allow local artisans and the people that you love to leave a handprint and a footprint, a soul print on your house, the more you're going to experience that feeling of, wow, my house has character. Houses are just inanimate objects, (laughs) a collection of inanimate objects. But when there's so much care and attention and energy put into creating them, then they take on a personality of their own. What we are seeing and feeling is the accumulation of intention and the accumulation of people and story and time. Put more you in your house, you guys. That's what makes it so fun. All right, here's my 30 second life update. We are on the road again in our magnificently renovated trailer, which we lovingly have named Kokomo because it's where we go to get away from it all. (laughs) And it's been so much fun. We spent this last week in Zions National Park, camping on BLM land just outside the park. It was so amazing. My kids, all they need is dirt and rocks and we are, are happy campers. <laughs> so we went into the park for a day, did some hikes, and we realized that they just really wanted to splash in the stream and throw rocks. So that's what we did for the rest of the week. You know what? We camped right by the Virgin BMX course. So Virgin is the town in Utah, and there's a it's a popular BMX area. They do the Red Bull Rampage here. And it was amazing. And my kids just rode their bikes, found random pieces of shotgun shells and water bottles and plastic from other people's RVs that have fallen off. And they just thought that they were the best treasure hunters in the world. And now we all have dreams of being BMX professionals. It was so good. The funniest thing that happened to us this week, in my estimation, Well, as we had our two-way radios, whenever the kids go out and play and I need to be inside or I can't be immediately with them or they want to go far or whatever, I give them a radio and I have the other radio. So Eddie, my five-year-old, gets on the radio (laughs) and his little voice says, the dead can tell no tales. (laughs) And I was equal parts surprised and amused and a little bit terrified. I'm kind of wondering why why is he saying this to me? (laughs) What's going on? But what I took from this was that our kids are picking stuff up. Did I sit down with my child and did we recite the dead can tell no tales with proper citations and proper accenting? And like, of course not. Some pirate show he was watching, probably Jake and the Neverland Pirates. (laughs) They said that and he thought it was funny. 
And so he picked it up and he said it to me. And I thought it was funny. And this is how culture works and this is how culture imparts is when we have a reaction to something, we seek to emulate it. And our kids are always emulating and they're always learning and they learn and grow so fast. And isn't that so fun to watch? It's one of the most amazing parts to me about being a parent is just watching them grow. Eddie also learned how to ride a bike this last week. And my other son learned how to tie his shoes. There's huge milestones happening all the time with our children. And it's so amazing. Why, when we're old, is growth so uncomfortable? Why do we feel like we need to have arrived? Do you feel excited? Do you feel that same wonder about your own growth? When you can't do something quite yet or when you're learning something new, do you feel that sense of wonder? Do you relish that in-betweenness of becoming? For me, that's a hard place to be. I like to be there. I like to know what I'm doing. I have this idea sometimes that my brain entertains of, you should already know all the things. But what a boring life that would be. What if we knew all the things? Snooze. I love learning new things. I just don't love like that feeling of not being good at it yet. <laughs> so I'm going to try to be more like my kids this next week and just hail Mary, learn stuff and not care about whether it works or not, or just not really be so attached to the outcome because that's what makes growth full of wonder. I invite you to do the same. Today, our little lifesaver is what I call suds in a cup. Now, this is something that I learned from one of my dear friends, Sally. And when we were in college, she was married before I was, just by a little bit. And she and her husband were living together in an apartment. And me and my fiance went over to her house and we were chatting with them. And she got up after dinner and was doing the dishes. And now in this particular apartment that they lived in, they did not have a dishwasher. And I feel like this is common (laughs) for especially newly married folks uh, who are still in college to be living in an apartment that maybe not what you have right now. Maybe, maybe when you're first married, your housing looked a little different than it does right now. Maybe. And she filled up a cup with dish soap and water, just a cup, a mug. And she used this cup (laughs) with her little scrubby to clean all of her dishes. Now, I had always grown up, as far as I can remember, with a dishwasher. We did not wash many dishes by hand. Maybe pots, maybe occasionally. And in that case, we just filled up the pot with sudsy water and I scrubbed it out. And it's not that I didn't know how to do dishes by hand. I just never had considered water conservation. (laughs) Now, this comes into play. When we now have 30 gallons of fresh water a week with my family in our our trailer. And to me now, (laughs) how much water I use is very important to my happiness. Uh, Not to my happiness. Let me rephrase. I choose to be very conscious about how I use the water because if we run out of water, that means we have to pack up our RV and go fill it up at a fill station. So... I love to choose to conserve water, especially here. And I think about Sally every day when I fill up my little cup of suds and a little bit of water 
that gets me through all of my dishwashing instead of filling up a whole sink of water or filling up each pot individually with suds. I'm saving resources. It's serving the results that I'm craving, that I'm looking for. And also I get to remember this fond friend who was, again, like not expressly, not overtly, not explicitly telling me like, one day you'll be married like me and you'll have to wash your dishes by hand and this is the right way to do it. Like there was none of that conversation. It was just her being her and me watching her and gleaning and growing and picking up on things. Just like my little son was picking up on dead men tell no tell no tales. <laughs> We're doing this with each other. So be careful who who you're allowing to input into your life, first of all. But second of all, like intentionally glean, watch people, love what they do, get curious because you never know when you're going to be in the middle of the desert needing to conserve water. You never know when you're going to need the skill that this friend had developed and you had had the sacred privilege of beholding because of your relationship. And you're never going to know when that's going to bless your life really intimately. Anyway, shout out to Sally. Thanks for teaching me about suds in a cup, my girl. Now tell me what's been your little lifesaver. If you shoot me an email to Carly at intentionalhouse.com, I will share your lifesaver and we can all help each other live a more fabulous, integrated, intentional life. Today, our topic, our topic of deep dive discussion is fourth dimension home design. This came to me when I was out running and I feel like I receive these like blasts of cool ideas very consistently when I'm out walking or running. And I think I'm probably the most funny runner anybody's ever seen because I'll run and usually I get half mile, quarter mile even and a great idea strikes and I pull out my phone and I have to write it all down. So I'm in my running clothes and I'm on the side of the road, like on my phone, or I'm walking slowly, like looking up, trying not to get hit by a car, writing all my great ideas. And then I stash my phone and run again until the next great idea strikes. I spend a good portion of my running time writing. It's just so funny. So I'm on a run and it strikes me that we're missing a dimension of home design in the greater culture of the world right? Like there's more to home design than just paint colors and the right pillow. And this is what I've believed all along. And this is what I think you have probably been craving in your home as well, where you know that there's a trendy way to design and you know that there's the way your mom designed. But what's this extra piece that you're trying to find, that you're trying to discover and grasp that's going to make your home feel like you and not just a copy of target aisle 12 and not just a copy of what your mom did you want to make it your own and you want to make it work for your family and this is how you do it this is how you can conceptualize it if we consider that there's 2d design you know like when you're drawing two dimensions is just on paper right it's just a flat picture and in design 2D design is creating a functional place to exist that meets your basic needs. The defining characteristic of this dimension is scarcity. When we're designing just for function, we want to make sure things are efficient. We talk a lot about not not like sacred efficiency, like with the suds in a cup idea, but more like 
how can I make sure there's enough? How can I preserve? How can I get more? How can I do what I need to do? And if I don't have these things, I won't be able to be happy. I won't be able to function how I need to. I won't be able to live my best life. And when we're putting that much pressure on our house to be functional, it, it, it's not functional. It's not serving our highest purpose. It's not doing the actual thing we need our house to do. So yes, we can design our septic systems and our sewage systems and our water systems and our electrical systems carefully with the purpose of using them, of course. But that is just where we start. When we move to 3D design, this is when we consider aesthetic. And this is based on somebody else's rules or the popular narrative. The defining characteristic of 3D design is people-pleasing. So when you have this new dimension of beauty, you're like, yeah, it works. Yeah, it's fine. But if I just had systems, it would feel kind of flat. Okay, great. We want it to be beautiful. And I'm imagining myself like reaching onto the top of a flat paper on my desk and pulling my square up into a cube. And we're like, yeah, beauty. Maybe beauty is going to give us that like depth we're searching for. But when we are designing based on other people's rules or the popular cultural narrative that we are exposed to, we are limiting ourselves by somebody else's standards. So yeah, is it helpful to know what other people consider to be beautiful? Sure. And culture very much influences what we consider to be beautiful. What I think to be beautiful growing up in Western United States is going to be different. What one of my sisters who grew up in Southern India is going to think is beautiful. Just based on geography, based on exposure, based on culture, and even based on time. We know that the people in the Renaissance era thought that a very different feminine form was beautiful. It was praised and considered ideal very differently than what now popular culture portrays as like beauty, right? And we are now even changing that representation of beauty that has been the norm for the last 30, 40 years into something more representative, something more holistically beautiful. And it's amazing that we're doing that as a culture. But anytime we look to mainstream media, even like non-mainstream media, just like social media, or anybody outside of ourselves to determine what beauty is, we aren't fully expressing what we think beauty is. It's a great starting place. And in order to achieve uh, more dimension, in our home design and even in our lives, of course we start with the 2D. Of course we start with the 3D. But I want to offer to you that there's more available for you. And this is what I call 4D design. 4D design is rooted in soul, connections, wonder, relationships. We design with the express purpose of honing in on who we truly are and We design with the purpose of how we can love bigger. We want to create beauty according to our standards without apology. The defining characteristic of this dimension is love. 
So these dimensions all inform each other. And I feel like it's important that we go through this idea of scarcity at the 2D level and people pleasing at the 3D level. It mirrors our developmental stages. If we talk about how we can how we develop as children and how all human children develop, there's a pretty clear pattern and lots of different psychologists have gone through and outlined this in different ways and it's really fun to study cuz basically they all point to the same thing. But one one framework that I really like is from Eric Erickson and he talks about the stages of psychosocial development. Now these stages are broken down by age and these stages reflect how we're progressing. So in stage one, you learn to trust or you learn mistrust. And in stage two, you, you, you learn autonomy or you learn shame and doubt. In stage three, you learn initiative or you learn guilt. In stage four, you learn industry or you learn inferiority. In stage five, you learn identity or you are confused about who you are. In stage six, you learn intimacy or you learn isolation. So you progress through these stages and the idea is that if you can learn what you need to learn at the, at the appropriate age, then you're set up for success in the subsequent stages. Now this applies to our home design dimensions because we all need to start with function. Like the first person who made a house was like, it's hot out here, let's get some walls up. Let's put a roof over our heads. And then they're like, it's kind of dirty. Let's put some wood down on the floor. I want somewhere to sleep. I'm going to make myself a platform bed. I don't want to get eaten by snakes. Like all of this kind of feels very functional. And that's where we start when we consider housing. And then since we're, we're in this time and space that we live in right now, we're grateful that most of that work has been done for us. Like people don't really worry Oh, how am I going to build a house? I don't understand how to build a bed. I'm going to have to solve the problem of getting eaten by snakes. I don't actually know anybody that's, anyone that's gotten eaten by snakes. And I don't go anywhere where snakes are big enough to eat a person, just for, you know, reference. Maybe I'll take that back one day. But that's a rule right now. I just made it up. That's my personal rule. So the function problem has been largely solved. We don't really even think about it. We don't think about, like, where am I going to get water? We just are like, hey, builder, hook into the water system. Make sure the water works when I turn on my faucet which is great. So we live largely in 3D design right now, where we're just searching for the things that are beautiful. And our function has been taken to the next level. We're not in basic function anymore. We're in this elevated function where we're like, we want to gather with the people we love. We want to have a kitchen that's the heart of the home. We want to have beds that are aesthetic. Like the function almost becomes aesthetic, but also it becomes beautiful. purposeful in the activities that we are wanting to do almost extracurricular activities the free time um, first world sort of activities these are this is what consumes all of our thoughts about function now which is appropriate and which is fine we want to be aware though that the tendency is to go to people pleasing what will my neighbors think what's on trend how will I prove that I'm a good homeowner, a good steward of this space by creating things that are functionally and and aesthetically pleasing to somebody else and to me. But my ideas are based largely on what other people think, okay? And if we want to elevate this to 4D design, we need to put 2D and 3D off to the side with like a very calmly thanking them 
for what they have done for us and appreciating that they have gotten us this far, that these ideas of function and aesthetic have really been great. And we're not going to throw them away. We're just going to put them over to the side because to explore the fourth dimension, it's going to whack out our brains a little bit. When we're talking about the fourth dimension of space and that includes space and time, right? Like in a larger scale, we're getting like time travel-y. It like it blows up our brains. And the same is a little bit true when it comes to 4D design because what makes 4D design so spectacular is that it includes you. It includes people. It includes time. It includes history. It includes space and the the space between the negative space of our homes it includes what we're doing and how we're feeling as we go about our daily activities and it doesn't even so much matter what we're doing as how we're doing them and when we step into the fourth dimension of design you are so much better equipped to solve functional problems and to deeply affect the hearts of the people that surround you. So it's like 2D and 3D change because the actual pure underlying goals of the previous dimensions are to create a home that serves our needs at the highest level and to love people, right? So anything less than 4D design is lacking the space, time, and people element. And this is why we don't even touch design in the Home Love Lab and everything that I teach until last. This is why we don't start with product recommendations or design hacks because those are red herrings. These are just playing the game of 2D and 3D design and like winning the competition that leads to nowhere. As we've been driving, my kids have been watching Phineas and Ferb. And there's one part, of course, I'm not watching it with them. I'm just listening. There's one part where Phineas says to Candace, his sister, he says, come join us. The process is grueling and the results have no consequence. They're building some big contraption. And I thought that was so great. Like, yeah, when we're when we're playing in 2D and 3D design, the process feels really grueling. And the results are inconsequential. (laughs) But when we change our mindset and we can comprehend that there's something bigger, there's something better, that the fourth dimension actually exists, it makes the functional things that we're doing, like laundry, changing diapers, picking out rugs, painting our walls, it makes them super consequential and meaningful because we're approaching it from a place of love and service and and self, uh, like oneness, self awareness and self-reflection we're creating our houses to reflect who we are where we've been and who we want to become right back at us we don't want to win the inconsequential game we want to be engaged in creating results that really matter long term really matter fill our cups fill us with joy connect us to the people that we love the most because we know that when we die we're not taking our house No matter how efficient, how functional our house can be, in two years it's going to be out of date. No matter how well we follow the design magazines and the recommendations straight out of Paris fashion, we're going to be out of date, we're going to be off trend, we're going to be out of style in six months to two years. That's just how it goes. But when you design your house from you, you are never out of date. 
Your house becomes a reflection of who you were when you built it and who you're hoping to become. And then even when something is out of date, it means something to you. This is the key to being timeless in your design. The more you you can make your house, the more timeless it will be. What matters is love. I want to teach you how to design wonder. I want to teach you how to design connection. I want to help you tap into what you think is truly beautiful based on what you value the most. Function that points you toward your life's greatest mission and not just an adequate piece of hardware that will effectively turn on a faucet. These things are not going to be taught to you anywhere else. This is not something you can just pick up on HGTV. This is not something that is outside of you. This is something that's deeply with you, deeply within you. When you tap this essence of soul, your creation powers are unlocked and your magic is released. Making simple house decisions becomes easy. It becomes a physical tribute to your personhood. When you understand this incredible part of yourself, your chores point toward growth, your furniture whispers your goals, and your relationships are enhanced by the rug you choose. Your paint colors work for you to remind yourself of your favorite place in nature. It's not about throw pillow selection or shelf styling, really. It's about intention. You learn to make decisions for reasons that you value. And actually, beautifully, it doesn't matter what those decisions are. Red curtains, striped curtains, blue curtains, the actual decision doesn't matter. What matters is your process of deciding. I am your confidence guide. My job is to help you awaken and to lead you to your inner depth of knowing that you forevermore will be skilled in tapping. I want you to know that part of yourself that is a great decision maker that trusts yourself no matter what. I want that pathway into your soul to be very well worn. And sometimes we have never accessed it before. We haven't stepped into the fourth dimension with our houses yet. I want to show you the path. And I want to help you build the slippery slide so that you can revisit this part of yourself over and over and over whenever you need to make a house decision for the rest of your life. Once you arrive in this depth of your soul, you'll be equipped to make any curtain discerning decisions very powerfully, quickly, simply. You will be 100% bought in to your choice and you will, by default, feel that your decision is beautiful. The reason we do this work at the house transition point, so like when you're moving or when you're renovating or when you're building a new house, is because when we're physically moving and our environment is shifting, we have an opening to more easily create sustainable change, which is really fun. So we get to take this shifting and when the, when the dust settles, we get to choose where the dust goes. So yeah, you can do this work anytime. Absolutely. I highly recommend it. But you can also maximize when you're in a little bit of a transition anyway to make this a really meaningful, deep and effective, long-lasting, love-filled process for yourself and for generations to come. 
Our souls are housed inside of our bodies. Yeah? And our bodies are housed where? In our houses, in our homes. When any of these entities, soul, body, house, are in flux, everything else shifts to accommodate the change. We can take advantage of this resettling to infuse massive amounts of intention and become more rapidly than we otherwise would have opportunity to become. When we are losing weight, when we have birthed a child, when we are lifting to build muscle, when a sickness strikes, anytime when our body is changing, our soul changes. Have you ever felt that? It's beautiful. And whenever our soul is deeply changing, our body reflects that. And I want us to experiment with the idea that this aura of change can extend into our physical environment as well. That when our environment is changing, I mean, we know this is true. Whenever you move physically, like you go through all sorts of emotional change, all sorts of like physical re neuropathway mapping for your new habits where are you going to go to the grocery store now that you live in a different city how do you walk to school like all those things have to change because your physical environment changes so if you're already moving and your soul is already becoming and your body is reflecting those changes you're having a lot of feelings in your body let's get intentional about it i'm a house coach i help you design your home I help you take the opportunities of house to grow yourself. We work through designing layout to infuse connection. We honor your most important values and we design your environment to point to you over and over again and to those things and those people that matter the most to you. I am your connection coach. You are the sacred steward. Your house is your tool. I want to teach you the fourth dimension of home design. An aliveness, a connectedness, seasonality, rhythm, simplicity. I want to teach you how to incorporate these things into your house, into your body, into your soul. If you're up for the challenge, come join me in the Home Love Lab. This is where all the magic goes down. This is where I take what I'm teaching you here and we expound on it 10,000 times over. If you are in a house transition and you want to maximize that house transition, the Home Love Lab is for you. I personally coach you every single week for the rest of forever. (laughs) That's part of this program. It's not just a course that you sign up for and you peace out and you forget about. And if you have a question, you don't know who to ask. I am very much part of this with you. It's truly what I love. Helping people become through their house build. Oh man, lights my soul on fire. When I'm not being a mom, I want to be being a house coach. So please join me. Please do this for yourself. Please do this for your family. You're never going to be able to go back and it's going to be fantastic. I will talk to you next week, my friends. And until then, go get messy. Hey. 
Hey, if you are loving everything that you're hearing, I want to invite you to join the Home Love Lab. This is the program where I take you through all the steps in anchoring your home design and renovation in the love that you feel for yourself, for your spouse, for your children, and for all the guests that come into your home. It's a revolutionary way to look at home design, and I'd love to have you join me. You can find more details about the Home Love Lab at intentionalhouse.com.